So, so doing what God has called us to is easier to decide to do when we know that God has called us. Sure. Doesn't make it easier to walk out always. Welcome to the Bible Study Discussion Podcast. My name is Wayne. I am here with my friend Josh. Uh, Josh is the pastor at East Hills Alliance, my friend. And uh, every time we've golfed together, we've never golfed together. We've never golfed together. I've, ne- I've never golfed with anyone, though. It's and, not personal. But we might golf together. We, we, we might. Because our church has a men's event on the calendar. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. And I'm excited about that. Um, we, have, we have gone through uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. All good books of the Bible. All good. Um, mostly shorter books of the Bible. Right. Uh, this week, uh, Josh and I are going to start a slightly longer book of the Bible. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, which, according to my calculations, is 28 chapters. That's what I counted to. Yeah, by calculations, I mean I, I looked at the numbers. <laughs> okay. It says 28. No math involved. Uh, <laughs> so, um, But we're going to look at the life of Christ, have a conversation, and hopefully uh, just in a way that will help us to love God more, to know God more, and to live a life that, that uh, brings Him glory and points others towards Him. Sounds good. Uh, so, Josh, it. would you pray for us as we yes. begin? Father God, that is our prayer, that you would be glorified, that we would point each other toward you, uh, that we would better follow you because of what we read and learn together. So we pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I'll start in verse 1. An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac fathered Jacob, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers, Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar, Perez fathered Hezron, Hezron fathered Aram, Aram fathered Amminadab, Amminadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab, Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David. David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. There's a lot going on, actually. In we're only we're only halfway through that genealogy. There's a halfway lot going through on the list. Okay, <laughs> we we'll get to the rest. I so uh, I don't know what people uh, think pastors do all day. Like, do we sit in some uh, big comfy chair with a pipe and a Bible? That's not me. I. Uh, I, I actually learned all kinds of things preparing for this, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to get to talk about it. And the first thing I learned was actually in the very first verse, because I did not realize that uh, when it says genealogy or origin or mine says record of the ancestors, which it really seems like genealogy would have been simpler, uh, that the word there is actually Genesis, like the Greek word that hmm. Matthew's using, right. he is intentionally trying to call our attention back to the very beginning. So one of my favorite uh, passages in the New Testament is the beginning of the Gospel of John. Right. In the beginning was the word. John takes us all the way back to the beginning. For Matthew's Jewish readers, mm-hmm. he basically did the same thing all yeah. the way back to taking it back to, to Genesis and, uh, and then to starting us with, with Abraham. Mm-hmm. And Matthew's, uh, if you read anything that tells you about why Matthew wrote his, his gospel was more towards the Jewish people. Sure. And so, uh, one of the commentaries I read today is like there's there's not really a paragraph in the first four chapters that isn't at least alluding to some Old Testament right. scripture, yeah, like sure. everything he's doing here. Um, for me in that first line, I've, I've recently listened to the uh, Bible Project podcast about nice. uh the Messiah or the Anointed One, and it's just uh, made me think when when we see Jesus Christ written like this, it looks like a last name. 
Um, so like to Matthew was like, I've started every time I read that, I just read Jesus the Messiah. Right. Because the, they mean the same thing. Uh, Christ right. is the, the Greek from the Jewish, which meant Messiah, the anointed one. Um, so instead of reading Jesus Christ, he just always reads it as Jesus the Messiah. Sure. To help yeah. his brain think about what that means. And then son of Man. David, son of Abraham. Um, genealogies didn't often include women. Right. This genealogy doesn't include women you think it might. Like, <laughs> right. like we talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and like we sure. know Rachel and Leah, we know Rebecca and the other one. Sarah. Sarah, Sarah but there was one besides Rebecca too, right? Uh, okay, so like, Isaac, Rebecca, and then, then Jacob had four. Jacob had right. kids with four yeah. people. Yeah, it gets, it gets very messy because Jacob wasn't actually a good dude. Right. Which we maybe could get into, but wasn't but, a good dude. But we don't see any of those. We, right. we see Tamar, who, uh, if you want to read... Uh, in Genesis 38, that story. Um, sh- yeah, she's an okay, okay lady, seemingly. Sure. But that whole story of how she ends up being in the line is messy. Yeah, tr- tricking your father-in-law into sleeping with you is that's that's messy. That's, that's messy. messy. <laughs> yes. After your father-in-law has promised, right? Uh, promised <laughs> that he would take care of you. He doesn't. She. Yeah, again, more messy people, actually, in this genealogy of Jesus. Lots of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more dudes. And then, and then uh, of the women, uh, Ruth, we know, is not an Israelite. Rahab is not an Israelite. Right. Tamar is not an Israelite. Um, and then Bathsheba is the other one. wife. Yes. Uh, most translations don't even say Bathsheba, right? Right, right. Uriah's yes. wife. Don't even yep. name her. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that Uriah was a Hittite. So right. it's, it's highly likely that she was also a non-Jewish right. woman. So, so in in the first six verses of the genealogy of, of Jesus, God as man, right. uh, we see that God can use messy and messed up people. Yes, and and that even so, like you said, uh, we we think of this as a very Jewish gospel that it's it's written to Jewish people, uh, and and yet. As he starts to lay out where the origins of Jesus, the genesis of Jesus, goes all the way back, not to Adam and Eve, which is sort of in itself interesting. Like Mm -hmm. Luke's got a kind of a matching one, but it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. This starts with Abraham. Like we're starting by identifying him as Jewish. We're starting there. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he immediately or almost immediately, starts listing these women who are not. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know for a lot of us as modern readers, we can go back and read these stories, and every single one of them is scandalous in some way, and particularly because they're around sexual ethic and choices and that kind of thing. And, and so we can get kind of hung up on that part. But I... It does seem to be, as, as I dug more into this, really that Matthew is opening this up to use these women to highlight or to put these women in the, the genealogy to highlight that, yes, this is a Jewish man, part of this Jewish story that he's going to continue to, to tell mm-hmm. for us, but that the origins of Jesus point us to him being a savior for all people. Mm-hmm. That's really opening it up beyond uh, just this Jewish heritage and lineage that that however much God has been uh, taking care of the Jewish people specifically or, or been their God, 
that Jesus is kind of blowing the doors off of this thing and opening it up to, to more people. And uh, I, I love the combination of that as Matthew starts this off, that, that yes, we're going to start with Abraham and the core Jewish. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a core Jewish habit, the, the genealogies. Right. Uh, but then even as he does these very Jewish things and make these, makes these very specific ties, uh, he, he really uh, opens it up. Uh, outside of that as well by listing these these women in it. I just yeah. think it's really cool. And starting with Abraham, that, that promise to Abraham to to be a blessing to the yes. nations. That, that that God's God's favor with it was with Abraham, but mm-hmm. it wasn't ever just for Abraham. Right. Sometimes right. we we look at the promise to Abraham as for Abraham, mm-hmm. but it's it to Abraham for yeah. for the nations. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it interesting that we uh, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers uh, when, when, <laughs> right. when you read yes. the story of of Jacob and all of his sons, and and then you know that's where the twelve tribes of Israel mm-hmm. come from, um, but Judah is is special in there. But he's not a firstborn. He's not he's not a lastborn. Right. He's not a firstborn of the favorite wife. Right. He's yep. like fourthborn. Uh, oh, I should have, have asked that question. Yeah, yeah, no, I have to go back and look. You guys can tell us in the comments. <laughs> yeah, the please let us know. Of, of Judah. Um, <laughs> I want to say second, but I don't know that. Right. Um, but there's there's that that promise that um, in Genesis 30, 49, yeah, in Genesis 49, 10, mm-hmm. that, that the the king, the promised descendant of Messiah would come right. through that line of Judah. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, too, because you, you look at a lot of stuff in Scripture, you expect it to be a firstborn or maybe a firstborn right. of a favorite wife or... Right. Or, or a youngest that was favored. Uh, mm-hmm. We have those stories, but, but Judah is just somewhere in the middle of those yes. 12. Um, and yet but that that's prom- the one. And, and there's no way Matthew isn't drawing on that promise. I mean, he's, right. he's saying, okay, I want to point you to Judah. I want you to think <laughs> about uh, this, uh, this, this promise that, that was, was made, that this, this Savior would come from the line of Judah, that, that that promise to Abraham that he would be a blessing to all nations. Matthew is saying, and here's how. Like, right. this Jesus guy, this is how we're going to fulfill this promise that God made to Abraham and the promise he uh, made to to Judah. Uh, and it, it's interesting to me that it feels like, and, and we'll, uh, we, we stopped with, with David and Solomon, but even going all the way back, so David being king of, of Israel, Abraham really had this sort of king and priest role mm-hmm. in that sense as well. It, that it, it seems to me that, that there is a Matthew tracing a royal line. He's trying to establish the, uh, the, the kingship of Jesus mm-hmm. in that Jewish uh, way, uh, even right here at, at the, the beginning mm-hmm. as we go through this genealogy. Yeah, that's what even the because people have talked about Matthews and Luke's and how they differ slightly, right. and and Luke's traces Jesus back to Adam, right. son of God, whereas this yeah. traces Jesus in that in that royal king, mm-hmm. king of Israel, uh, Messiah line. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Luke is almost trying to say, hey, yes, we're talking about somebody divine, and, and obviously gets into that in the story, and we will too here in Matthew. But Luke's really trying to emphasize the humanity. Matthew in this genealogy, obviously humanity, you're tracing it through human beings, but right. also the, that royal line that mm-hmm. he's, he's coming from as king uh, becomes a, a big deal here as well. Yeah. You want to pick up in verse 7 and finish all right, the names? From, from there, and people will give me grace for these, these names. Right, okay. 
Uh, Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiachin. See, there we go. And his brothers born at the time of the exile to Babylon and after the Babylonian exile. Jehoiachin was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiad. Abiad was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Achim. Achim was the father of Eliad. Eliad was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Mathan. Mathan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Which all sounds very square and nice that it all goes 14, 14, 14, except that it doesn't if we actually trace it back through history because Matthew skips some number of generations a couple different times where it mentions uh, uh, Jehoiachin and his brothers. He's skipping some generations in there. I believe Mm -hmm. he skips like three kings in that section. Uh, When we mentioned Rahab earlier, somewhere in there, he uses one generation to cover like 400 years. That's not really how generations work. Uh, and yet he ends up with this very fancy little 14, 14, 14, and we have no idea why. I don't know if you ran across any theories as to why. I ran across a couple, but I, I didn't find them very compelling. Yeah, the the uncompelling one of uh, 14 being the numeric value of David's name. Cause right. Because letters had numeric value in Hebrew and other ancient languages, right. which... Sounds super like I think I think English is confusing already without having letters mean numbers. Well, I think it'd be kind of a fun puzzle, like your code cracking all of a right? sudden. It'd be a fun puzzle, but yeah. So that, no, one, but yeah, know. and there was there was there was room in genealogies to do that. It was a fairly normal thing, sure, from what I've read. And there was um, the there was the father of that we translate. I think in in our culture, in our language, we think of. Like if if I say I'm the son of Brian, right? That's my dad's name, right? If right. I say I'm the son of uh, Charles Leroy Rosinski, that, that's my grandpa. Sure, but you're still the son of, I'm according the, to like. like so right. in this, and that only matters as we get into son of David and those kind of things, right? That Jesus is not clearly the son of David, but the son of David in this prophetic promise is a bit, mm-hmm. yeah, because they can trace it down through through yep. the line, yeah. and then like those fourteen generations. Um, so and from. A commentary, Matthew omits some names, as was customary in genealogies, in this case perhaps following the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Creating patterns sure. like these, sets of 14 made lists easier to remember. And then, uh, yeah, those the D- David's name, yeah. 14. I, and I saw something, uh, we know seven was a really big number right. in Hebrew, so maybe it's six sets of seven, but then he would have put it in sevens, not right. 14. So. Uh, if 14 makes it easier, I don't know why. At 15, does it get hard to remember? Well, I think <laughs> if, if, I, if I know how many I need to remember. Okay. Like sure. if, if you give me the parameters, yeah. like if, 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 I'm, if I'm guessing a word and a crossword and I've got the seven boxes. Right. That helps me know that seven letters go in the seven boxes. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah. if I have two sets of four, or these three sets of 14 generations. 
Sure. It breaks them up into smaller groups. Okay. And I can be like, I know there are 14 I'm supposed to know. Right. So I'm not and just I'm like missing trying to, one. I'm yeah. not just like trying to name <laughs> generations. Right. Without any right. constraints. You need some sort of handy device to help you capture that. Yeah. It, uh, he seems to make a, for it to be normal, he seems to make a big deal out of it. Like there are 14, 14, and 14. Um, and yet, near as I can tell, nobody really sees why it was important to Matthew. And and I think that's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have to understand why everything in here was important to the, the people who wrote it down, guided by God to do so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, we don't know that one. Yep, uh, it kind of matches. 14, 14, 14. And maybe he just really liked numbers. Like, well, isn't that cool? It was a tax right. Numbers was kind of his <laughs> game. His thing. Maybe he really liked it. Yeah, I don't know. And I think sometimes we come... Some, I shouldn't say we sometimes I've come to scripture and you want it to um, because we know it's 100% true and inspired by God sure we want it to be a eyewitness absolute, absolutely perfect account right so like this the fact that there are names that are in chronicles right where we can check right. these genealogies yes. in our scripture in the Old yeah. Testament scripture that, that Matthew absolutely had access the, to and knew everybody who was writing it to would have access to and, and we know that Matthew like he knew those scriptures pretty yeah. well because we yeah, see yeah. Qu- he's yeah. about to quote a bunch of them a bunch of them yeah um, that he made this choice to help us see Jesus in this way right to help us see the Abraham David exile Messiah mm-hmm. right pattern yep and it, it, that's okay that that's how it was recorded right sometimes my brain's like but 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 names are missing. Right. Or names are changed. Or, or some manuscripts have like Amos instead of Amon because he was a good prophet, not a bad king. Right. Yes. And, and our translations don't always show that. Like some of your names are different than some of my names because right. different translations will, right. will use the, mm-hmm. the Hebrew Greek name or the, the Hebrew. Greek. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yes, we, we maybe look at that and go, but I can check back here and it doesn't <laughs> match. Matthew must uh, be making it up. But... There's no, there's zero reason for mm-hmm. Matthew to not go to these scriptures that he not only had access to, but like anybody who was educated in any way mm-hmm. had access. So unless he's only writing to people who are not educated and he feels like are not going to be able to read and he's trying to fool them, which would be a very niche audience for this thing right. that he's writing. Uh, it, it seems like he simply made a choice that we don't know why he made it. I mean, and we'll see some of that again as we go through this. He'll make some other choices. Oh, God. Why that one, Matthew? And some of it we can kind of puzzle together, and some mm-hmm. of it weird. It's uh, conjecture. The uh, the commentary I was reading used the word conjecture a lot, <laughs> um, and, and that's okay. We'll we'll uh, look at it and and dig through it and go. Okay, Matthew. Oh, I'm not sure why you made this choice. What could you be communicating? And and there's some beauty in in trying to figure that out and in the mystery of it. And, mm-hmm. and this is one of those where we go, I don't know why he wanted to make sure. Three sets it, of 14. Three sets of 14. Uh, but it, it does, uh, that doesn't help me memorize all of these names. No. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, it does, what it does do is help us see how intentional Matthew was about what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so as we go through the rest of this, and and we're we're going to assume that he's being intentional about stuff right. because he set it up from the very beginning as with some really intentional word choices like Genesis and some intentional numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and so we can just know he's, he is focused on the details. The details do matter. So mm-hmm. we, can, we can dig into them. And then at the, at the end in verse 16, and Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, mm-hmm. uh, who gave birth to Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Um, so just that 
distinction even at the end of like like this is Joseph's line. Yep. Uh, Joseph had no part in Jesus being born. Yep. Um, but that that distinction to to slow down because it it could be easy to just read over that and be like yeah, right. Jesus genealogy is a human, but that's uh, right. Yeah, and, and we don't see. We see that shortly. We see more of that in Luke that that Joseph raised Jesus. Joseph married sure. Mary. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, sorry. Spoiler: Joseph married Mary. We haven't read <laughs> right. that yet. We haven't gotten to that part of why that's even a big deal yet. I and and for him to write at the outset before he even tells the story of Jesus's birth, to he lists father, 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 and then that he doesn't go mm-hmm. and Joseph was the father of Jesus would give somebody who's reading this and doesn't know the story an immediate clue of, well, then something weird happened here. Right. And yet, so Luke does something similar, but he just traces then through Mary to say, mm-hmm. well, we're going to emphasize the humanity here. And again, Matthew tracing the royalty of Jesus, it's going to matter to him and his culture to trace that through the male line then mm-hmm. of Jesus so that we get to see that right. that part of it. and. And immediately get this clue that something weird, right, right around verse sixteen in history, there something weird mm-hmm. occurred, and and then he'll walk us through that. All right, I'll read verses eighteen to twenty-one. Yep. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way: after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So... As you read through this, I find myself getting hung up on something that, and this is why different versions are, are so cool, mm-hmm. because I, I read three different versions of this, but didn't read yours. And in verse 20, uh, what has been conceived in her uh, just struck me as cool wording, that there, there are things that get uh, birthed in us uh, mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit that sometimes we have to talk out with the people around us and go, that doesn't really have anything to do with the Christmas story, but, right. but that there are these things in us that, that God does, and we have to go, hey, I think, I think God's stirring or, or uh, hmm. building something in me, and, and we take that to the people around us and, and hope for God's confirmation with them that, uh, yeah, there's, there's something God is is doing here Mm -hmm. for the the very, very practical of this conversation uh, uh, that that Mary had to have with Joseph. I just can't imagine. And I know we we talk about this in many churches just about every Christmas, but Mm -hmm. we can also get real used to this Christmas story and go, sure, virgin birth. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Right. But for Mary to have to go to Joseph and say, so here's the thing. (laughs) I'm pregnant. And you are very aware it's not yours, because none of the things happen that would make that possible. And I'm telling you, it's not anybody else's either. God did it. Okay. <laughs> that just very practically in their tiny little town hmm. that archaeologists think was maybe five or 600 people, maybe 1,000 people big. 
where everybody clearly knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And they have been engaged perhaps informally for a very long time. We don't even know how many other boys and girls their age there were. Like right. they, they've been set up to be married for a long time and now they're officially engaged, which probably means the like one year countdown has started to them mm-hmm. getting married. And somewhere in that one year, she has to come to him and go, oh, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant and, 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 an, an angel told me it's going to be okay. That's not a believable story. No. In any, in any circumstances. Um, and yet, and, and yet it's the only story she has to, hmm. to tell. And so that's what she gives him. Yeah. And then if we see from some of the text that says Joseph being right, like Joseph being right, man knows at least somewhat about what God has done in the old Testament. Sure. And like, not only is this not a believable story, right. it's a story that doesn't fit mm. with what you know of your God and, and mm-hmm. his ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't done this before. It's like, yeah. this is, uh, we, we've got a lot of stories. Like, Joseph knows many of these names that we just read. Mm-hmm. He knows their stories. He knows how God has, has worked and the things mm-hmm. that God has done. But, like, it's never never been like that. Never been like this. Yeah. No, and and... He knows how babies are made, and right? That's that's not it. That's not yeah. how this uh, this works. And uh, the so before we get to some of the confirmation, where God does sort of steer him in in a direction, the I found it interesting to read about Joseph being a righteous man. We we read that as okay. So Joseph was a good and merciful guy, and so he didn't want to embarrass her, and that is absolutely possible. The other way of reading righteous would be Joseph knew the law mm-hmm. and was committed to sticking to it. Well, in that case, committed to sticking to it could mean some very, very bad things for Mary. Right. My understanding is historically, if you go all the way back to the early law in the Old Testament, stoning Mary would be the appropriate righteous response. Hmm. By this point in how they handled this kind of thing in their culture, that wasn't really standard, I guess. Right. That, that normally to divorce her, I mean, there's uh, if, if you've ever lived in a thousand-person town, you know there's no way to do anything quietly, right? right. Like, everybody's going to know they've been betrothed to each other since they were cute little kids, right. and now they're not getting married, and now she's probably like... Everybody would know. Mm-hmm. There's no way to do that without it being a big public scandal. Uh, but he's trying to figure out, it appears, perhaps because he's righteous or perhaps despite the fact that he's righteous and he wants to stick to the law, he's still trying to figure out how to do this mm. in a way that would take care of Mary. Either way, it seems there is some there's something in Joseph that really does care about what about how whatever happens next impacts Mary, mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah, and in the right way, in the small town and in the society, like being married was what a woman needed. 
right. to be taken right. care she, of. Yeah, she had to. Like, because yeah. if she's not married and she has a kid and then parents get older and die, like, she's not taken care of. Right. At all. You know, most commentaries put Mary 12 to 14, maybe 16. Sure. Joseph 18 to 20-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that just makes even that story of, like, like thinking right. about a, a 14-year-old yeah. saying, yeah. I'm pregnant, it's because of God. Right. Like, cause even a lot of times, like, in my head, Mary's 18 to 20. She's a young woman. Sure. In our culture. Right. right. Um, yes. Not marrying age in that uh-huh. culture. I was like, oh, that uh, a 14-year-old telling you that I'm pregnant, God did it. Right. Feels different than a twenty year old. Right, right. My yeah, my, my daughter's almost fourteen. Like that's <laughs> right. That's uh, mm, yep. No, that's a different conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well actually actually as I think about that, even if she's twenty five and came to me, it was like, Hey, I'm pregnant and God did it. I'd st- I'd have a very hard time believing her. And I trust most of the th- well, right. I trust everything actually that she tells me that uh, that would I would find very hard to believe and, and it appears Joseph did too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it appears God took care of him. Yeah, and then uh, another cultural thing. I think we look at uh, some uh, translations say engaged, betrothed. Sure. Uh, you mentioned the one year that it was a it was a uh, groom was paid part of the bride price. Probably mm-hmm. um, they are um, like if if he dies, she's a widow in their culture. Right. Like it's sure. they, they are that kind of, it kind of just takes a year to get married mm-hmm. process. So from the start of that, it would. It would be as if they were married but haven't consummated the marriage. Right. I mean, it says divorced, right? Like, like that really, it, it is that level of significant, their relationship mm-hmm. already, that they would have to right. officially get divorced. Yeah. This isn't a this isn't a breakup with a Taylor Swift song kind of thing. Like, right. this is actual divorce. Yeah. And then uh, Jesus, which... Uh, uh, is the English version of the Greek version of uh, eventually <laughs> yes. back to Hebrew of Yeshua, the same name as Joshua, son mm-hmm. of Nun. Um, yep. Not a nun, not nobody. No, right, right. His last yes. name was awkwardly enough nun. Right. Um, yes. But uh, that that mean name of, of God's salvation of the Lord saves as, yeah. as his name. And but yeah, so not to get too word nerdy about it, but so Yeshua or I think originally even it was Yehoshua. So we hear that Yahweh mm-hmm. in the Yeho part. Um, so Yahweh saves. Like this This is his name, which would have been, uh, it appears, a very common name at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, Yeshua would have been very normal. Uh, and he's given this very common name, because of its super significant meaning that mm. Yahweh is going to save through this right. individual and Matthew trying to set that up mm-hmm. right here at the the front. Yep. Absolutely. Do you want to do verses 22 through 25? Please? All right. Let's see how this keeps going. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. So this is the first of what will be many times that Matthew says, and this happened to fulfill hmm. this scripture. Mm-hmm. 
And in this particular one, a familiar one to us, because it is part of the Christmas story that we read a lot, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Is uh, Matthew actually changes the word there, um, that in the original, I believe it is, she will call him Emmanuel, and he switches mm. it to they, and emphasizes that Joseph names him Jesus, which would be the the father's job to to name him. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, if we go to the Christmas story in Luke, we see John the Baptist, and they're trying to figure out how to name him when his father can't speak. And right. that's a big deal because dad is supposed to name him. So Joseph names him as is culturally appropriate. Um, and, and they name him, well, it says in the prophecy, they will call him Emmanuel. And yet his name is Jesus, not Emmanuel. And I love actually that both of these are here because, because both of them are true of him. So his name, Jesus, is God saves. He is also God with us. Mm. So uh, God is going to save his people, and he's going to do it by being with us. Mm. Um, and, And that this human who is also divinely conceived is both the way that God is going to save and is the presence of God with us is um, an incredible thing that Matthew is trying to, to theologically lay out here right at the very, very beginning. Mm. I also just, I think Matthew would be really aware of something that I wasn't aware of until uh, college, actually. I, I grew up Christian family, going to, to church all the time. I assumed that part of what was so remarkable about this story was the idea that, that, that she would be pregnant with God's child. And yet in Greco-Roman culture, the idea of a God and a human having a child together was not actually weird at all. It was a Mm -hmm. huge part of their mythology. And so Matthew has to somehow frame this story in a way that makes it distinctive from Greco-Roman, not because he's trying to manipulate the story in any way, but just because to Matthew, this story is different. And so to say, in this case, it is not a God in human form who comes down and through sexual relations gets the the human woman pregnant, as it would be in Greco-Roman mythology, mm-hmm. but to say the Spirit of God uh, conceived this child within her. And again, I love your translation of, of what is conceived within her has been mm-hmm. done by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I I was listening to somebody much smarter than me. You mentioned the Bible Project already. I was listening to Tim Mackey talk about or make this connection, I guess, where okay, the Spirit is in her creating something. Hmm. Well, where else in Scripture would we... Did we run into the Spirit of God 
in this dark place, creating something new. Well, that again takes us all the way back to the very beginning in right. Genesis where the spirit of God hovered in the darkness, in the nothingness and created something out of nothing. Hmm. And Matthew doing two things at the same time here saying, look, this is not the, the mythologies you're familiar with. Uh, this is something totally different. This is the spirit of God. This isn't a God trying to experience human sexual pleasure. This is God creating something new, and he's done it through his spirit within her. But then also at the same time, calling his Jewish readers to go, hey, remember the beginning. This mm-hmm. is a new beginning. This is the new genesis uh, of uh, of what God is is doing and, and creating and he's doing it through through mm. Jesus. He keeps pulling us back to the origin right. of all of this. Yeah. And then okay. the end and, and, and it we'll get into chapter two uh, in the next episode, but that um angel speaks to Joseph in a dream and Joseph does what angel in dream has told him to he walks through it even if it doesn't make sense. Uh, one yeah. of the commentaries I read um almost made it feel like then it was easy for Joseph. And I think that's kind of rubbish. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, like like we talked about, like even Joseph and Mary staying together in a small town, yeah. like they would have faced the scrutiny of mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so doing what God has called us to is easier to decide to do when we know that God has called us. Sure. Doesn't make it easier to walk out always, no. even though we know that's yeah. what God has called us to do, but that what Joseph was willing to uh, take on that was probably a really hard mm-hmm. at least year, yeah, yeah, and, and more, and and to take that on because because it was what God had called them to do. And it, I mean, we know that later we don't see any sign of Joseph's. So we're not sure what happened. We, but Joseph would have stepped into that, assuming it was. A whole lifetime. Again, he's right. whatever, 18, 19 years old. Even in their culture, he's got 20, 30 years of life expectancy in front of him. Mm-hmm. And to step into that situation where if he divorced her, he's saying she made this mistake. Right. By keeping her, he's basically saying, actually, we made this mistake. And he's owning it mm-hmm. on him as far as all their kids. Because right. nobody else in town, he's he now believes Mary, but nobody else in town is going right. to believe. Oh, sure. Uh, you you were you were impregnated by by the spirit of God like that's that's not going to fly. So he then has to take all of that uh, scorn and scrutiny and condemnation that's on her mm-hmm. and take it on himself, which is sort of an interesting prelude to where his son's life is going. Actually, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yes, indeed. Uh, do you have uh, from the chapter a a main thought, a takeaway, something to chew on? Man, I uh, I talked about it already, I suppose, but my my main takeaway from this chapter is this realization that the God of Israel has intentionally sort of blown the doors off of all of that hmm. in in Jesus and in Jesus's lineage, and and Matthew's really saying, hey. Uh, Again, if he's writing this specifically to Jewish people, part of what he is trying to show them or convince them is that this is not for us to hold on to anymore. Mm-hmm. This is for us to share. God mm-hmm. has has opened this to 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 all of us, mm-hmm. to to all people. I just think that's it's really neat how Matthew weaves that in here. 
Mm. For for me, I think it uh, every Christmas season, which um, some people think we should only talk about Christmas things at Christmas times. <laughs> Uh, I think that's kind seems of rubbish. It, seems like, important all the time. Some people think we should only sing Christmas songs around Christmas I time. I know this about and, you. And if we're talking about like Frosty the Snowman sure. or, or Frank Sinatra, right. maybe. But if we're talking about songs about the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that, other times. that probably didn't happen in December. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably not. I'm, I'm okay with it all year. Okay. Yeah, um, but the, the Emmanuel God is with us. Like, yes. Um, Every, every Christmas, I'm guessing that takes longer than it should to really hit me. Mm. Um, but I think at least once or twice during the Advent season, I will sit down and go, ah, huh. Like, what? Like I, I know I don't completely understand it, but just even think right. about it for a minute what it means that yeah. God is with us, that, that God came to live as a man, mm-hmm. to die for my sins, and, and is with me. Yeah. Uh, makes my brain hurt. That's so good. Can I can I flip to the end of the book really quick? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, the very very end of uh, Matthew uh, is was what we know as the the Great Commission, and Jesus came and told his disciples. This is, this is a spoiler alert. This is after uh, death and resurrection, um, and and now he is sending them out. Um, and in this famous Great Commission, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And from the beginning of his letter to the end of it, Matthew wants to make sure we know that God is with us always, has been from the beginning, uh, and will be even to the end. I just think it's beautiful. It is. And we will probably use that verse to end every session because we usually grab something like Paul, end of all his letters, had something. Uh, yeah. This is not a bad thing to read uh, 28 times in a row. <laughs> oh, something I don't, uh, uh, I don't have the qu- question cube. Okay, I'm right. sorry, but, right. but I do have an, an application. Okay, okay. For, uh, yes. Which uh, students uh, laugh at me when I call it an application, but like, that's, that's what it what is. It is. And, uh, uh, but it's, a, it's also an app. Right. Just, I just, I'm not sure people know what an application right. is, so, so I feel I, need to clarify. I didn't call it an application or an APP. I just spelled okay. app right. instead of saying app. Yeah, you know me. Okay, I yeah. gotcha. Uh, yeah. So oh, that, yeah. one's, that one's, okay. Uh, here's, here's a random question. You've already seen because I had question right. marks. Yeah, that's but fine. What, what is the most expensive food you have eaten? Uh, I'm, I, I think I ordered something really expensive at Red Lobster one time. Whew. Yeah. I believe that. Me and my wife yeah. went to Red Lobster once with like $100 in gift cards. Right. Did you make and it? And still spent money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, no, I, I think I think I ordered something lobster and steaky at some point because okay. I wanted to try lobster. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that, I mean, I haven't since. It wasn't, right. wasn't worth it, but uh, that's probably, probably, I'm trying to rack my, my wife will know what the most expensive, she'll tell me. She can. Let us know right. what the most expensive thing I, I, I tend to look like the cheapest food on the menu. Right. Yeah, I don't go to the expensive part. I uh, I do find myself uh, at this point in my life looking at restaurant menus, deciding whether I'm going to choose between lowest calorie or lowest price. Okay. Like that's it's depending on what mood I'm in mm-hmm. at the at the time because you can't can't choose both normally. Uh, all right, for you, sir. Another very serious question. Yes. Um, if you could rename your nose, what would you call it? Like should I should I give it like a human name? 
Like a, no, uh, like a dog was, name? I was, I was thinking schnoz. I mean, that's, like, that's what first comes to mind. Yeah, schnoz, schnoz is, a, is a good yeah. it, uh, I'm not really sure why, what 90s TV shows. But, it feels like a Seinfeld thing. Yeah, but, but if I had to give it a name like you would call somebody, you know, I'd, I'd probably call it Philip. Okay. I'm, I'm not, not sure. No, 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 why. Reason, no okay. reason. No reason. Yeah, no, we don't need to. Absolutely That's no one reason. of those we just leave it to the mystery of not knowing why you would choose that. Right, no, we're probably no. better off because of it. You can okay. let us know in the comments. Uh, please just let us know the most expensive food you've eaten. We I don't need. I don't need to know what you would name your nose. No, I kind of want to know what people would know. Okay, all right, that's fine. It's up to you. Yeah. You pick. Uh, but thank you guys so much for uh, checking out the uh, Bible study discussion podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can leave a comment, share it with your friends. If you're listening on the podcast app, that means I uploaded it there too, which I don't always. Um, but you can uh, leave a rating and like it and share that. Um, thank you guys so much. And uh, Josh already really great commission. That's how we'll end the episodes from here on out, and we'll see you guys in chapter two.